Coming up next on The Jeff Curley Show, we're going to look at America's biggest addiction. I'm talking about the addiction to sugar. We'll be talking to the author of Sugar Rehab next. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Curley, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is The Jeff Crilly Show. Well, I'm going to admit it. I am watching my girlish figure. I'm trying to stay lean. But the trouble is that there is hidden sugar in almost everything we eat and, and, and consume. If you look at the back of your bottle of ketchup, you'd be alarmed at how many grams of sugar are hidden in that bottle of ketchup. To talk about that today, Dr. Gerald Edelman. He's the author of Sugar Rehab. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Jeff. Yeah. Now you're an oncologist and you wrote a book now a decade ago about America's addiction. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so since we've spoken last, um, you know, I've noticed some changes actually in, in our culture. Um, when we originally talked, we talked about the fact that packaging was um, very hard, obscure. You had to squint and look really close to find out, you know, how much sugar there was in a, in a serving of food. And I've noticed that uh, since that time, uh, now they're clearly printing um, on uh, breads and, and uh, yogurts and things we used to talk about um, how much sugar there is. So I think there's more awareness now than there was before. Um, but I do think that uh, like any addiction, it's, um, it's kind of in the unconscious mind, you know, you're not really quite aware of how, how addicted you are to sugar. And so those hidden sugars kind of keep that addiction going. Absolutely. We're going to put up on the screen the book cover, Sugar Rehab, Staying Fit and Young by Overcoming Your Secret Addiction to Sugar. And I found the title to be pretty in your face, rehab. I mean, we associate rehab with drugs and alcohol. I mean, is sugar up there with, with drugs and alcohol? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, your audience probably can relate. We, we all know ourselves and, and how every once in a while we need a, a shot of sugar, um, but also people around us, right, that's, that struggle from health, disease, largely stemming from obesity. And we wish that our loved ones and, you know, our friends would be a little bit more aware and that uh, society wouldn't push quite as much on us. But from a scientific standpoint, I've always found it interesting that um, if you take PET scans of the brain uh, and uh, look at for people that are taking cocaine or animals that are taking cocaine and then take similar PET scans for uh, humans, the same area of the brain lights up. So uh, at, a, at a scientific level, right, it is truly an addiction. And, uh, and it's stimulating the area of the brain that, that is a pleasure area and all. And, and. 
and, causes addiction. And as an oncologist, you often see people at the end of their life, and you found a pattern that many of the people, um, you could track some of their disease to the inflammation that is caused by sugar? I did, and, and what's interesting, most people would associate an oncologist with seeing you know, very uh, cachectic um, people with you know, very little weight and whatnot, and that is true towards the very end. But what was very um, prescient to me was the fact that a lot of patients coming into my office were actually overweight. And so making the connection between my own selfish desire to keep in shape and, and be healthy and observing you know, folks that are overweight, trying to make that association between how much disease is actually related to uh, having a high uh, body surface area, to being overweight. And you know, the, the conclusion I came to was that it's actually the majority of, of, of diseases. And that stems largely from the fact that uh, fat cells um, are cause hormonal releases that are inflammatory as opposed to muscle cells, uh, you know, which, which don't. And so I often use the analogy that, you know, muscle, what do you associate unhealthy about muscle um, as opposed to what do you associate as unhealthy, you know, due to fat, fat cells? Absolutely. You did quite a bit of media when the book was just coming out and I found a clip. This is a decade old, but it's, it's worth watching. A North Texas doctor who specializes in treating cancer is trying to get the word out. If you want to improve your health, he says the single most important step you can take is to cut back on sugar. Dan Godwin takes a closer look in tonight's Fox Forward. Dr. Jerry Edelman has an oncology practice in Irving. That's the treatment of cancer. He's also got a Ph.D. in molecular biology and He's got a new book out called Sugar Rehab. The premise of the book, it's sugar. That's the primary contributor to obesity, and obesity is the number one health problem in America. So if you're overweight, you've got to cut back on your sugar intake. Dr. Edelman, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Dan. Uh, we'll talk about uh, what's going on with the items on the table here, but we want to mention, of course, uh, in addition to cancer, obesity is associated with a number of other very serious illnesses, cardiovascular disease, arthritis, diabetes, kidney disease, certainly uh, obesity is something that needs to be taken very, very seriously. That's correct. All right. Yeah, your book, Sugar Rehab, is not, though, a diet book in the strict sense. That's correct. We want to we try to stop people from thinking about diets. Diets are usually uh, not sustainable, and therefore they lead to a high uh, failure rate and frustration. But there are, in your book, a lot of principles, uh, guidelines, suggestions that you have for folks, including being on the lookout for hidden sugar in places you may not expect it. Like, here's an example right That's here. That's correct. Right? Yeah, let's take a look. So the idea here is uh, the Coke, Coca-Cola, and the tonic water have the equivalent amount of sugar. If you look at the label for sugars per serving, you'll see that. And that's what I want to heighten people's awareness to. 17, I think, sugar cubes we carefully stacked up. Okay, what, what about the, this display right here? We've got some granola bars and Oreos. Correct. And so uh, the granola bars have the equivalent amount of sugar uh, in, that there are in two Oreos, and the uh, number of sugar cubes is in front of you. That's how much sugar you're consuming in both the, or, uh, the granola and the Oreo. So, in other words, despite the packaging, just be aware. Uh, one of the concepts you try to emphasize, if, if something that is in the grocery store has more than two grams of sugar per serving, don't buy don't it. Don't bring it in your house. 
And how about uh, this? So here light? we have a, uh, Dan, we have a protein, protein light. So everybody thinks that something light is going to be non-fattening. There, there's more sugar uh, in this protein light product than there are in the Oreo cookies. Okay, the book also helps people uh, when they're in restaurants, what to order, what not to order, in the grocery store, what you can buy and what you should not uh, buy. And you, again, are, despite the negative press that uh, we've heard about artificial sweeteners, you think they're not nearly, anywhere near as big a concern as sugar. Yes, I think obesity, as you said at the beginning, is our enemy. And I think sugar substitutes can, can be a useful tool to help us go from being obese to not obese. Right. All right. Well, Dr. Edelman, thank you so much. The book is called Sugar Rehab. Well, something I want to point out is that was almost a decade ago, and you have not changed. You look exactly the same. So uh, read his book because it's also the fountain of youth. Um, let's talk a little bit about your speaking career because I know you enjoy educating audiences about this. Are they uh, fascinated to learn that... There's so much sugar out there. Well, I think um, when I'm practicing medicine, I realize that I'm actually speaking to an audience. And I would also equate that to teaching. And since I love to teach, um, I love you know, speaking to, to everyone, whether it's in a studio like this or, or individually with patients. At the time, um, you probably remember one of the goals was to try to get a larger audience and, and uh, help a larger number of people than I can do, you know, with individual patients and their families. Um, I do find that uh, f people that are truly looking for answers that really feel uncomfortable being overweight and want to improve their health uh, will listen. Sure. Um, and as opposed to people that aren't motivated. And one of the things that's the most difficult, and I'm, I'm sure everyone listening can relate to, is how do you motivate someone? So, um, you know, that, that's always intrigued me. I'm sure you have uh, guests that speak about motivation and things, you know. Absolutely. We've got a little video of you speaking to a Rotary Club about a decade ago. And I, while we're rolling this, I want to talk a little bit about um, sugar and the brain and dementia. Is there a correlation between the inflammation uh, in sugar and uh, the decline in our cognitive abilities? You know, I'm not aware of any um, credible research. Um, I, I would only be speculating, but inflammation has correlated with a lot of degenerative diseases. And since sugar leads to obesity, and we've spoken about fat cells and how they're pro-inflammatory, um, it seems very plausible. And in these situations, the best thing to do is err on caution. Um, so, you know, if, if you're not sure, but there's that possibility, then, you know, at least go to moderation. And, and I think, Jeff, you and I right now are serving to heighten folks' awareness. And if I think back about America as a country, maybe even you know, 70, 80 years ago, at least we were getting outdoors, we were getting exercise, we were doing something to combat whatever sugar we were taking in. Um, and, and these days we're, we're really, we're, we're sitting all the time. And I think there's uh, studies that say sitting is the new smoking. I mean, we're, we're a very sedentary people now, aren't we? Yeah, and, and it's kind of interesting because just at a personal level, I just got back from a ski trip where I was skiing pretty hard for a weekend. And you can feel your body being hypermetabolic. 
And surely at that point, um, you know, the, the, the body probably needs some carbohydrate. But if you contrast that to the situation you're talking about in modern life, where most of us are lucky if we get in the gym for, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes, um, it's, it's not the same thing. And you can see it. It's a direct observation uh, of the percentage of the population that's overweight. And truly, it is correlated with the amount of sugar intake. In the little time we have left, I want to talk about um, childhood obesity, because <clears throat> often habits that form in childhood uh, just linger and, and com uh, kind of build on themselves. So uh, if, if a child is obese, sometimes they get bullied and sometimes they find themselves turning to comfort food to you know self-medicate. And then by the time they're in high school, um, it's it's really kind of hard to reverse a, uh, a process. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, like my own observation, and I'm sure that many can relate to it, is uh, parents use uh, sugary foods as a pacifier. And um, so, you know, in, in this modern age, we're, we're using electronic devices. You, you rarely see a child without an electronic device. It's kind of interesting. You'll sometimes hear parents say, well, I don't let them watch TV or I limit the amount of cable. And yet they're on video games and all sorts of things. Um, and then, uh, you know, unfortunately, society aids, at least our U.S. society, because a lot of the snacks and things that are readily available have a lot of sugar in them. And... And so I think it starts there and, and then children um, being addicted uh, go into, you know, their early teens and whatnot. And they, like any addiction, they're attracted to it and can't stop it. Well, I can't thank you enough for bringing your uh, mission and ministry to my viewers. We're going to end with your Facebook page. You can navigate to the Sugar Re Rehab book page on Facebook. And Dr. Gerald Edelman, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Jeff. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.